Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Welcome back to These Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Happy New Year, bro. Happy New Year. Hard to believe. 2023, baby. I know. It's uh, been a crazy year. We're going to talk about some of the things that have gone on this year, including the return of one super awesome podcast. Yes. Uh, And joining us to talk about uh, the new year and joining us to talk about uh, really um, kind of getting uh, has his pulse on youth culture and the youth of the day. Uh, Kevin Marr. Kevin, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? It's glad going to be here. Great. We are glad to have you. Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and uh, all that fun, crazy stuff. Sure. Yeah. I uh, Like I said, I'm Kevin Marr. I'm, I am married for seven years now. Uh, I have two boys, Wade, who is two and a half years old almost, and Brooks, who is about four, five months now, I guess. And he, uh, they're awesome. I, uh, I work for an organization called Young Life. I've been on staff. This is my 10th year now, two in around the Baltimore area, and now eight here in Harford County, where we're recording right now. And um, yeah, I've been a part of uh, the church body at CFC for seven years now. If you can wow. imagine, back when we were in the other building. So the old building. Been around for a while. And just with Young Life, it's for those that are don't know about Young Life, really the mission is introducing adolescents to Jesus Christ and helping them grow in their faith. Mm -hmm. And so that comes in a lot of levels of discipleship, but also in terms of somewhat of a missionary work, going to where kids are Mm -hmm. uh, on their turf, at their school, um, really going to what we see as high schools being the unreached people now, kind Mm -hmm. of forgotten. So Love it, love yeah. it. And I will say, Nathan, because we've seen Kevin's kids, how cute they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're looking at Kevin, <laughs> you're like, audience, you're like, well, Carol. Yeah. Carol I mean, came that's, through. That's the only explanation. Carol came through, as the women do for most of us deadbeat guys. And uh, <laughs> fortunately, it's good. I remember, Kevin, when my daughter was born, um, everybody would say, uh, boy, Sam, she looks so much like Lisa. She looks so much like her mother. And I remember I'd get my feelings hurt. Like, nobody thinks she looks like me. And my good friend Mike Shive said, Dutcher, just do you really want your daughter <laughs> to look like you? That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. That, all I needed. Very and well actually, do I want my sons to look like me? No. I didn't, thank God none of them do. <laughs> so, Kevin, you're keeping that tradition going. No, I'm, I'm a ghoulish man. No one <laughs> wants to look like this. So. <laughs> if we go video one day, dude, we're going to have to really do something with filters. I'm not talking about Kevin. <laughs> or you. I'll just say that. We'll, we'll hit that on another podcast. We'll hit it on another podcast. Um, I, I, I got to ask you, wait, yeah. wait, Kevin said you've been married how long? Uh, seven years going on eight in August. Whoa, dude. And you've been at CFC for? we Carol and I, my wife Carol, we moved to Harford County uh, the really a couple days after we got married. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So we didn't That's we weren't crazy. living in the same place when we were engaged or dating. And so once we got married, it was Harford County. It was and all since connected. Then, I, I think yeah. all these years, Devin, I, I I didn't catch that, Kevin, that that was the. That's really yeah. cool. 
Nice. That's really cool. Nice. That's See great. what CFC does, Nathan, for couples. Uh, you know, it, it, well, it didn't bring them together. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, never I mean, mind. Scratch <laughs> it. We'll, we'll take this out in post. Yeah, there's something there. Right. Exactly. It does something for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll workshop that. Yeah, yeah, we'll workshop that. I like it. Oh, man. Well, guys, want to talk a little bit about the new year because we uh, we are in the new year. This is 2023. And we want to just do a quick look back. I mean, there's a lot that has gone on. You know, we think um, obviously 2020 was huge with all of the COVID stuff. Really, 2021 wasn't too different. I mean, we were still focused on that. Uh, 2022 brought its own unique set of challenges, and we we kind of moved beyond COVID to a certain extent, but there were a lot of things that were going on in the world, and I think probably the most predominant thing that we saw was the war with Ukraine. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it was February, right? It was. I think you're right. I think it was yeah. February, late February yeah. 2022. And actually, interestingly, we had uh, a couple who are missionaries to the Ukraine come to CFC and uh, they spoke to the youth a little bit about what was going on there. And so they had, you know, very interesting perspective. The husband, um, he is Russian. He was born in Russia. He has family in Russia um, and his wife's Ukrainian and they are missionaries to the Ukraine. And so they had a really, um, you know, fascinating perspective on everything that's going on and dealing with family on both sides and yeah. how that's impacting them. Um, but thoughts, um, just preliminary thoughts, because, um, uh, you know, just, again, I think, you know, every year comes around and I think people are like, okay, we're going to get back to quote unquote normal. Yeah. You know, whatever that means, right? whatever that means. And so uh, thoughts on that in particular, Kevin, let's start with you. When you when you kind of heard that and what was going on, because I'm sure you had the opportunity to speak with your students um, about that. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. In terms of the war and in, in, in Ukraine or just mm-hmm. how to how to interpret that and how to look at that. All the above. Man, I you know, if anything, the thing that first comes to mind is just <laughs> this reality that things are just not the way they're meant to be. <laughs> you mm. know, I think if it always comes down to, I think this might be how my mind works a little bit is let's find the, the, the lowest common denominator of, of everything and just going, man, we may not know which side we're on or whatever that is, but this isn't the way it's meant to be. Mm. And it's definitely a shock. I actually coach, help coach soccer at, at, uh, C Milton Wright high school. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys on my team was came to the team a little bit later because he had just come over from Ukraine. And oh, so no it kind of put it into wow. per, into real perspective of this yeah. kid that we're I'm like at home at night trying to learn words in Russian, Ukrainian to kind of talk to him. But yeah, definitely was, you know, we're even just the the disconnect of we're here playing soccer and this guy's family's still over there. And you're like, man, how does he do it every day on the field? So, mm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have much of a perspective on that as much as you just see it and you go, man, this is this can be this is not the way things are meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, what about what about you and uh, some of the conversations that you've had with people, um, you know, over this past year or even, you know, with your own children and things like that? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Personally, it's a little easier because our family is very open. So with uh, the war uh, between Russia and Ukraine, you know, we we all kind of came at that with the same perspective. Why in the world would this man, one man basically do this? Um, in, in church life, um, we, 
address that. I remember Matt and I talking early on. The first maybe three, four Sundays when the conflict began, mm-hmm. we um, we prayed. We had some special sort of announcements, prayer, etc. Um, it wasn't on 2020 level. Mm-hmm. I, I'm comfortable saying this. We got a little bit of pushback mm-hmm. because, it, it, again, we just live in this time where anything you touch on, mm-hmm. even if you don't think it's politicized, hey, let's pray for the people of Ukraine right. mm-hmm. that are undergoing, obviously, a great personal, societal, mm-hmm. national upheaval without commenting too much on the politics behind it, just right. the reality. But uh, I don't know. I, and I might be overthinking this, but I, I long for a day, a pre-2020 day, where you could address a subject and there isn't, it's not loaded with something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I got a few, I, it was it was two or three emails and comments from people that, you know, Ukraine, they may not be what you think they are. Putin may not be the villain that, you know, you portray. And I said, well, I'm really, I'm just trying to speak responsibly right. to mm. people that are in need and how should the church think and pray, et cetera. You try to go as non-political. Yeah. Nonpartisan as you can go. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not sure that's why we stopped talking about it. I'd love to say I had some deep spiritual reason at some point, and I'm not even sure this is right. I'm just putting it out there. It gets to the point where, yeah, this is going to be an ongoing thing mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. And you're not going to bring it up all the time. Yeah. I think I've referenced it here and there, maybe in, in illustration based kind of fashion. Mm-hmm. But um, on the the 2022, um, you know, are we out of COVID? I mean, we just talk about it as a family all the time. Um, The world feels the same in terms of the objective standards. You can look at, like, uh, worldometers like we all did at the beginning of the pandemic, and you see a lot of alarming stats, trends, et cetera. But I think, right, without anybody ever necessarily articulating it, there's a shared perspective mm-hmm. for among most people, at least here in the States, as far as I can see that, yeah, we're just living with it. Yeah. Right. We're moving on. Yeah. Schools never talk about closing. Right. Uh, no matter what the rates are, I never hear too much serious conversation about masking up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like it's gone to personal choice. And I just think that's the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. That's the world in which we live now. So, well, I mean, isn't the reality is for all the, the crazy and the chaos we we were in 2020, you know, for the pandemic. This isn't the first time the world has faced a pandemic. And you can look throughout history and see that there are very definitive swings that happen. And so your first two years, yeah, I mean, stats are significantly high. Yeah. But, you know, at some point, typically within your third year, which is where we are, the stats start going down and you realize that, this is just with us. Yeah, sure. You know, and I, I mean, that's what happened with the flu. I mean, yep. at some point it was the flu did not always exist as it does today where, oh, yeah, you just go get your flu vaccine. And, you know, this is a part of your you know yearly cycle yep. with sickness and disease and all of that. A- at one point, it devastated the world. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we saw happen. And yeah. so that's a good point, dude. Ironically, I didn't even think of it, but my my daughter's. Uh, 23 and 13 respectively had the flu between Thanksgiving and Christmas mm. and it sucked. 
Yeah. But you just, you know, life right. went on. That's yeah, it sucked. I mean, it sucked for them. Right. Uh, the most, and then the rest of us trying to keep our safe distance. Yeah, but you know, that's just life. But you know, guys, I'm surprised none of us have talked about to be maybe the greatest thing that happened in 2022. There's a joke coming. Oh no, dude, this was this was real, man. It was the <laughs> cultural phenomenon of the most singable jingle that has come out at the end of 22. Whopper, 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 whopper. <laughs> da, da, you know that one? And where it goes, <laughs> at BK, have it your way. Come on, you haven't heard that? No, Thankfully, but I love I it. I missed it. <laughs> it is incredible. And I, I'm going to defend myself, my 16-year-old son, who you know, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, Kevin is uh, ministered uh, to, among uh, Isaac, his peers, etc. And um, he, he likes it, says some of his friends like it. So I want to know from the audience. Do you like the new BK commercial? Because I sing it all the time, and everyone in my house hates me. <laughs> um, every single one, yes, they hate me. I, wow, Greg, are you, you guys? I, you guys really did. Are you know sure? That? It's I just really because don't. of that song. Yeah, that's true. I think it's giving a reason <laughs> for what has lain dormant for a long time. It's like here's our chance. To yes, really, yeah, yes. He's he's giving voice to something we yeah. have an excuse to hate him. But yeah, I love that BK commercial. So I thought that was maybe the most <laughs> important awesome. thing we were going to comment. Yeah, I'll stop. I'm looking it up after this. Yes, it's great. Well, Greg, you touched on something really important that we're we're going to be uh, discussing and talking about. Uh, you know, we could go through uh, m- much more. I mean, there was there was a lot of things that happened in 2022 uh, compared to the pandemic. Not so much. I mean, the, yeah, I the war in Ukraine is is an ongoing thing, and and it's still kind of I hate to yeah. say this an out there thing. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be if it were happening here, right? But because it is on the other side of the world, it's well, an and out there. Thing. And let's be real and fair. As Americans, we have short memories and yeah. short attention spans. Yeah. I mean, you even think with about, our own stuff, right? Well, think about you know we we only just celebrated uh, the 21st anniversary of 9/11. Yeah, and I mean, how much are we really? thinking about that and bringing that yeah, that's a good point. You up don't and hear talking about, about it. I mean, yeah. there was more talk and remembrance about Pearl Harbor right. when that happened and, and more talk about it even still today than there is about 9-11. Yeah. Um, and so the, the reality is even when things happen on our own homeland, it really, it, it's, it, you know, it's, uh, you, you brought up BK, right? I mean, you're way right away, and that's what our news is, right? I told you I it mean, would catch, dude. It's, would you like me to sing it again, guys? Uh, no, thank you. Okay. Um, I would, one thought on that is too, yeah. it, it definitely is one of those things that tends to happen when the United States is a part of many global decisions and, and issues, and, our, and it's very much a place that people from everywhere come to. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of looking at all these different things, maybe in a way that if you're, in another country that doesn't have that influence on the world would, you know, it's true. Yeah. So we're at, we're almost asked to, to look at many different issues without even realizing that we are because we, the United States in some level plays a part in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But let's, I mean, let's kind of talk about that and broaden this out to conversations with people, because I think, um, I think these, all these things are really important. Greg, our first one that we did uh, on our requill of a podcast, we talked about the idea of, you know, Jesus only and the necessity of Jesus without the junk. Mm-hmm. And 
we're going to be talking, I think, a little bit about that, but broadening it out to a little bit more. And so I want to discuss first the importance of treating others with love and respect, even when we disagree with them, because... Um, Wait, are we are we supposed to do that? Yeah. Is that <laughs> treat people with love and respect or disagree with them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, treat people with love and respect. That is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I obviously am joking a little bit, but Kevin and I talked about this and I I love Kevin your heart and I'm paraphrasing it. You said something to me that was essentially like, "Man, you know what I'm passionate about and that is something like the priority of people." over arguments. Yeah, I think the the term that I've come to use a lot is uh, caring about who we stand for over what oh, we stand for. That's what it was. Who we stand who for Who we first. stand for what over what we stand for. That's something, dude, like we did a series back in 2022. See, there's another cultural trend that changed the world. There you go. Uh, sermon series in uh, our church um, that millions of people listen to, and we just called it FOR, F-O-R, mm-hmm. right? Just the simple concept that the church is often known by what it's against, particularly in these times that are you know so politicized and, and uh, issue-driven. Uh, it's easy to just be known by what you're against. And Kevin, when you said that, I thought, man, I love that. You know, more who you're for than what you're for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I, I really, I like that too. I'm wondering, is that entirely possible to do in our culture, though? Because I know as a teacher, and Greg, I know you've experienced this. Kevin, I'm sure you've experienced this, too. Um, so I teach private Christian school, and obviously what we teach, particularly when it comes to Bible and theology, which we do have, um, it, it sparks controversy. It sparks issues. Mm-hmm. And there is no way to get around those things mm-hmm. and the students not look at you like you're a bigot. Yeah. Or like, no, you just hate everyone. How do we engage with that? How do we how do we communicate? No, no, no. I love these people that are sinners because guess what? I'm a sinner and I understand the grace of God and how much it's needed. Mm. So how do we come at that with people? I mean, and again, this isn't a Christian school where there are certain expectations. So how do we come at that not being in a Christian school? Yeah. And how do we approach that and, and really show people, no, 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 you don't understand. I actually do love these people. I am for them because God is for them, because Jesus is for them, without breaking that. Because you're going to have a lot of experience with that, Kevin, where you are. So talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, I would say, too, even just to put in perspective, I'm, I'm 31 now and I have two kids. And while I think when I was younger it was all with high school kids. And now I find that I'm connecting a lot with their parents and with faculty and schools. Mm-hmm. And so, and neighbors and, and so not even just with kids, but just in general, I, I do think one of the harder things in that perspective that you gave is when it's said in front of a large crowd, it's really hard. You'll, you'll always be misunderstood. However, I do think that there's a lot of really good that we can do in as believers, as people who trust in Christ and want people to see him for who he is and the heart he has for all people in how we conduct our individual relationships with people. And so one of the things that for one, for me, I mean, I'll just put it if we're talking grand scale stuff Mm -hmm. that how do we navigate that when there's things like, you know, here's an example I would use for me. Like I said, I'm 31, I'm legally allowed to drink. But I would, but I don't post anything on my Instagram, 
that has me showing alcohol because I have I have so many high school friends and I know their only way of interpreting alcohol in high school wow. is to get drunk. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going, you know what? It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't matter. I don't care how they see me. And, and if it's for their good, I'm just not going to put that up there because they will assume something about me that's not true. Mm-hmm. And whether or not, I think there was a time when I was conflicted of like, who cares if they assume it? And then I go, I care if they assume it because mm-hmm. it means that I might be someone who's misunderstood when as when they see my joy, it's like, oh, he's just the party guy. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 it comes from somewhere else. And so on a grand scale, now on an individual scale, man, like I think a lot of what we stand for now comes a lot more in what we people only see that in what we say and not how we act at, at times. And mm-hmm. so so a uh, you know, we can get up front or, or, or post something online or just share to someone like, here's what I believe, here's what I stand for, and then be like, man, but I, I'm not curious about this topic. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not interested mm-hmm. in the other people. I don't, I, whether or not you actively seek that out, I think can be difficult with our lives and just, you know, especially with kids, you're just busy and all like, hey, I got to go seek out this group of people now to, to do it. But I really think there needs to be a curiosity among believers that goes, man, understanding is not trying to put it in perspective from how I would see it, but really try to understand people. And that's, that's intellectual and it's also emotional. Yeah. And, and so it's, I w- there's two different ways I see it in terms of a, a grand scale, what you say in front of a group, maybe in this individual living out life and not feeling like the need to have to be somebody for the person other than uh, a loving presence like Christ was. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, I shared this before, but I think it was in our old iteration, Nathan, of the podcast. So mm-hmm. I think this is new, at least for a new audience. Kevin, I was in uh, when I was in college uh, a million years ago. I was part of an organization, a good organization. I don't know if this was across the board how it was done, but I remember when I was about 20, 21 years old, starting to feel awkward because we would go into the dorms of you know, the guys' dorms at Towson where I was at school with <coughs> surveys. I air-quoted that. It was video, you could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, they were surveys, and they, I'll just, they went something like this. They were really smooth transitions. It was like, you know, say it was around Easter time. Hey, man, we're just a group of students taking a little survey on campus, you know, trying to, you know, learn a little bit of uh, information about, you know, our peers. Oh, okay, you know, and say, it'll only take you a minute. Hey, uh, did you celebrate Easter growing up? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, like what? What was you, like your favorite part about Easter? Uh, I guess it was like candy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. So, did you uh, ever go to a church when you uh, maybe I think once in a while? Oh, good. Yeah. Hey, just one more question for you. Uh, if you'd be interested in knowing how you could have a personal relationship with God through His Son Jesus Christ, would you like to? That's normally where the door would shut. The conversation. <laughs> ran. And I remember, I kid you not, this sounds like something I'm, I'm making up. A guy asked me one time, he goes, is this really a survey? Are you tabulating results? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. We weren't. It, 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 it was really a lie. Yeah. We weren't doing anything with the results. It was a barely pathetic built platform to see if we could talk to them about Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I think when the guy said that, I thought, oh, man, you want to make a person feel like a project and our interest in them is only so we can present what we believe, what we know, et cetera. 
Yeah. That's why, Kevin, when you said actually understanding, like a legit survey would be my only goal is I really want to know what you think, right? how you feel. That's it. I'm not here to say anything, mm. so anything. That's a survey. So we didn't even do that right. So we did have a conversation about it, and we eventually did start turning those surveys into data. Mm. I still think we needed a better transition from question three to question four. Right. <laughs> um, and we don't, we don't ever want to be the bait and switch. No. And, and I think that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it can come off as a little bit of emotional manipulation. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you just go, hey, I did my couple things to get you to see that I, oh, I kind of care. Right. And now I'm going <laughs> to yeah. hit you with, with, my re- with what my real reason is. And yeah. that's like, that's, that's rough. And, and yeah. I, I do think, um, I mean, maybe we can get to this later, but I, I do think about, especially in this climate of, of kind of always being judged by perspective and, and really just, hey, we put one thing out there and how are people going to see us and we yeah. need to be seen a certain mm-hmm. way. And the story that we've talked about that comes to mind every time is Zacchaeus, who's in that tree and he's a tax collector and he's a man that was hated and Jesus stops the whole crowd for yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And, and then he goes, I'm going to sit in his house. And the, and the cool thing is that the Bible gives us that perspective of not just the Pharisees who sometimes are given this, like they were just one of the religious stuff, but the crowd was going, how the heck is he with the guy that is an enemy to us as Jews? Like he's working for mm-hmm. Rome and Jesus goes, I'm going to stay at your house tonight. And I think that there's this sense of like, we need to ask the question, what is it about Christ that allowed him to hear that kind of stuff and not be intimidated about it? Right. And I right. think as like that's some of it with us as believers and what we want to be in the world is, man, they can say in not an arrogant way anything about the relationships we have with people if we are if we are looking to Christ for guidance. The things that we do, we all have different convictions about. We know that. Mm-hmm. But if we're trying to line up and go, man, I'm just I'm caring for this person so that I can potentially, hopefully, one day share Christ with them. That's in the Lord's hands. Yeah. Maybe not. But what is it that hurts so bad if someone says, "Why are they hanging out with them?" That's the the underlying. Why does that hurt so bad when someone sees me not the, that way or sees mm-hmm. me as someone who's hanging out with or saying something that wouldn't please all Christians or all people with this viewpoint, if that makes sense. I don't want to go too in the weeds with that. No, but I think that's, there's... that's good, dude. I'll, I'll put, well, I'll tell you what, I'll put you both on the spot. Yeah. Because <laughs> maybe you have a thought on this too, Nathan. Um, I have a friend, this is many, many years back, who was a very committed uh, evangelistic guy. And to his credit, every person that came into his life, he, he did a little almost on-the-spot assessment, you know, where they were. He was pretty good at it. He was more subtle than the cheesy survey I mentioned just a moment ago. Um, But he and I had a serious conversation about this. Uh, This was during my seminary years. And he had no qualms saying once he got to the point where he presented the gospel, he took his time doing that, present the gospel to the person, and he would build a connection with them. Once that person responded to, in, he had a little metric for what made that a decisive response. But if they basically said, you know, yeah, that's not my thing, I'm not interested, he made sure that they understood what the gospel was, you know, as far as he could explain it. And then he would, without any apology in this conversation, tell me he would move on. He was done with that person, he had done his job. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I, um, well, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, to an extent, I think I, in fairness, I understand where he's coming Uh from, but I think he's missed the mark. I mean, Mm. you know, the idea is, you know, you have Christ commissioning the disciples, go in, preach the gospel, and if they're not responsive to it, you know, shake the dust off your feet and leave. That's what he always would have been. You know, and and so, like, in, in that regard, like, Okay, I, I see where you get that, but you're also severely misinterpreting what Christ is doing with the disciples in that instance. Yeah. And nowhere do I see Paul just kicking the dust off his feet and moving away. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul, I, I believe, shows us through the epistles how we're supposed to respond and interact. And you have Paul that just very poignantly says, For the sake of the elect, I preach the gospels. Mm-hmm. Not knowing who the elect are, right? It's it's I believe it's Spurgeon who is like, you know, if if I knew, you know, if God had painted a white stripe on the back of every man, I just lift up their tailcoat and see who is an elect and who isn't. And that's what I would do. And you know, so drawing from those two things is I'm here to develop a genuine relationship with this person, regardless of the outcome. And uh, you know, we we had someone on here uh, years ago, Greg someone that I worked with at one point. um, And just through life circumstances, we do not connect anymore. But it had nothing to do, it has nothing to do with a falling out or a rejection of the gospel. It just, it had to do with life circumstances and where we've gone and and where we are now. Mm. And, but if tomorrow that person were to call me up and say, hey, do you want to get together and go out for a drink or something like that? In a in a minute, I'd say yes. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's good. Because this is my friend, right? And yes, I want to see this person come to Christ, but more so, I want them to know that I care for them and I love them because I do. Right. No matter um, what they. No matter what they do. do. Right. Right. And I think that's that's what sometimes gets missed with the misinterpretation of that verse, mm-hmm. is that. You know, Christ sought to build relationships wherever he went. Mm. The difference is Christ was perfect, and so he knew how to instantly go in and build a relationship in a second with someone. But we also see that that with the Pharisees, he wasn't very popular, (laughs) right? Um, And I think there's a difference. Like, there's a difference between a Pharisee and somebody who's lost. Mm -hmm. You know, the Pharisees are lost, but they're actively blinding themselves Mm -hmm, to the truth of scripture, which is why Christ wants nothing to do with them largely where the people that Christ interacts with, he knows that they are just, first of all, they've been led astray by their, their religious leaders. But secondly, that they are actually seeking restitution in a relationship with God. Um, You know, and whether that comes in within 10 seconds or whether that comes in 10 years or a hundred years, that's a relationship that you want to preserve because, man, what celebration would come with you in this person, this friend, if in 10 years of rejecting the gospel, all of a sudden it's like their eyes have been opened to the glory of Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that keeping that relationship and wanting to be involved and invested in that person, to see that happen and to witness that and experience that would be worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. Kevin? Yeah, I would say that that has been very real and experiential for me 
through my years on Young Life staff. Mm. And it's actually what really drew me to not only did I feel like I heard the gospel and understood it and believed in Christ because of a leader who stepped into my life and cared about me months before I, he ever shared the gospel with me mm-hmm. in yeah. relationship. And it was great. And, and I, uh, and now he's my boss, which is even cooler. Oh, but, but cool. for all these years, I can tell you in the past week, I've had texts from guys that are juniors and seniors in college coming home and being like, man, I just really need to talk about some stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're not believers. And it's right. like, Gosh, I'm so thankful that for a time the Lord allowed me, and maybe I'm going to put it this way. I'm so thankful for a time that the Lord gave me that relationship with him and gave gave me him to know. Yeah. Not so yeah. much of gave me to him as I'm some kind of savior to right. him, but really gave him to me as a friend that right. I could care for because years down the road, we just don't know. And I remember thinking with my leaders um, and, and just kind of giving perspective on what we do, because when you... I mean, if, if, if you're unfamiliar with Young Life, just stepping onto school grounds with the okay of the showing up in the student section at a game yeah. and, and mm-hmm. being like, man, I'm kind of the old guy here. It's the place that no one wants to go back to. Like even yeah. high, seniors are like, just get me out of this place. Mm-hmm. And going back and, me, and being like, hey, my contribution in a kid's life today might just be saying hi to a kid who's lonely in the hall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you do it over and over and over and the relationship's there. It's not come to my thing and now you're good to go. That building up over time, I just encourage my leaders to go, man, you have no idea. I hope that when we get to heaven, we get this sense of like, hey, anybody who's been touched by this person that's here, could you just stand up for a second so Mm -hmm. we can get a look and see? And it's like, hey, you didn't know me back then, but I remember every time you walked through the halls at my school, and I didn't know it till I knew Jesus later in life, that every time I saw you, I thought, here comes good news. Mm -hmm. Like, here comes someone who really cares about me, and they didn't want anything from me. And I think as believers, that has to be our mentality of, man, mm-hmm. we're not trying to get anything from people. Right. Plus, we're not the ones who save them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I, let me just add to that, too. A newer dimension in my understanding of relationships, I mean, fairly recent, too, and I never was conscious of it. But I fear, like the example I gave of the guy I knew in seminary, and what you said, Nathan, I'm, I'm with you spot on. I, I think it's a misapplication of the shaking the dust principle. One, if you just can geek out with me a moment, mm-hmm. I think to take a uniquely historical church planting initiative right. in in a totally unreached part of the world yeah. and compare that to kind of average everyday Christians living life blooming right. where they're planted right. is doomed from the start. Yeah. You know, when you start trying to do that, you really get into some weird stuff. Uh, so I love what Paul says to the Thessalonians, right? Where he basically says, settle down, yeah. live a quiet life, do something useful with your hands. It's a much more, what I would say, typical of the right. average Jesus follower, right? right? Yeah. You've got a job, it. mortgage, family, neighborhood, right. friends, associations, you're living your life. So to have a shake the dust off yeah. mentality, I'm like, oh, are you out there in an unreached right. you know, yeah. uh, part of the world trying to plant a church and right. get as, as many of those as you can? Until you do that, right? Let's slow your roll, right? Uh, yeah, so well, I would yeah. just say that. And let's be real and honest. Everything about Christ's life and ministry was very unique and special 
for his purpose, which was to die for mankind. Right, right. And so what he's trying to do with his disciples is bridge the gap of, hey, guys, this is the old covenant, and this is what's supposed to happen here, and then I'm the bridge. I'm the one that fulfills everything in the old covenant. And he's trying to, in 33 years, show this is who I am, and this is what I'm here to do. And it's uh, very very missional, very yes. direct and sectional about this is my goal and focus and not deviating from yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. And it's sort of the classic, we'll probably do a podcast on this, Nathan, or we should note it, you know, the <laughs> classic, um, what's descriptive, what's right. prescriptive, yes. you know, going, going yeah. over some of those things. Yep. But the other aspect that's really hit me recently is I can, I look at my life and I'm thinking of some specific people right now who I doubt are listening, but just in case they ever do, I'm not, I'm not going to say uh, because I don't want to shoot myself in the foot. I, it's not just that I'm not viewing them as projects. I genuinely like them and benefit from my connection to them. Yes. Like, I personally benefit. And there was a time, and I wonder how many of us struggle with this at some level. It might, it might not be conscious. Because we know they're not a believer. Yeah. There's almost a an encroaching, subtle form of self-superiority. I don't know what else mm. to call it, where, well, they don't really have anything that could benefit me since they don't know the Lord. Mm. And I don't know. I Just looking at it on a more sheerly human level, some people, whether they just, just their, their unique perspective on things mm-hmm. really intrigues me. Yeah. And I benefit from it. And... Um, you know, I do this all the time with movie characters, dude. Well, I've told you that, Nathan. Like mm-hmm. in, uh, uh, what's the Brad Pitt one, the World War II? Uh, Inglorious. Oh, yes. yes. I don't know if I should say the whole thing. But it is misspelled. Yeah. But in, yes. uh, in in Tarantino's movie, remember the end, dude? Yeah. I can't tell you, though. This is not quite what I'm saying. But Brad Pitt, his character, when he, he kills the one dude yep. before he takes down Christoph Waltz, yep. right? And that epic conclusion, you know, where he says, oh, you're... You'll be hanged for this. He goes, no, nah, I'll probably be chewed out. I've been chewed out before. <laughs> like, I, I can't explain it, right? I think of that all the time. Sometimes I'm like, okay, that's not a real person, right. Brad Pitt, but the character he's playing. I meet people like that that have a life insight that I'm like, dude, that's, that's gold. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if they're Christian, Buddhist, right. atheist, whatever, but the insight is gold. I enjoy just their unique, special personality. Yeah. And it rubs off on me. Yeah. And it's just made me a lot freer. Yeah. I I, I don't want to say I don't have a sense of desire to share right. my faith with them. Sure. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. But they're just human beings with me on the journey, and I like them. Well, as believers, if it's true that the Holy Spirit indwells us and we are now um, renewing our heart and mind with the heart and mind of Christ— then doesn't it stand to reason that we would have pity on those who don't know Christ? Of course. That that course. emotion would yeah. be there yeah. to reach out and say, yes, I want to see this person come to Christ and have a relationship yeah. with him because you know ultimately what their destiny is. Right. Yes. And so that is where I think in every person that we encounter that doesn't know Christ— mm-hmm. That's where that emotion comes in that you want to see them or, because or it should come in because we right. do that, dude, on a smaller level. Yeah, yep. D- don't we? With like friends, if you've got a really cool friend and there's somebody else, you man, I want you to meet this guy. Yeah, you'll love him. Yeah, he, 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 you trust me, you got to meet this guy. Yeah, you want to introduce this awesome person. Yeah, we do it all the time. 
So I think that's you might be doing the same actions as the survey guy, yeah, yeah. or as the, I'm going to, but for a totally different reason. Yeah, yeah. one is project oriented, right. and, and I think people can tell when they're project. Yes, Kevin, I and got there you. is a, and there is a, I think this happens a lot within the Christian world and how we talk about these things. Is there seems to be a real, we tend to land in this. I don't know why humans do this. I do it in my head, but this black and white area that we're in, where yeah. it's either I'm pursuing them only for mm-hmm. Jesus or I don't care about their heart at all yeah. or, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Or, and I think as believers, we really are, I think God kind of lays this out that we're, we kind of live in this gray mm-hmm. where it's this sense of be in the world, but not of it. And mm-hmm. Paul's going uh, like, I even, I, I even just think of, uh, when Paul's like, hey, to the Greeks, I became a Greek. To mm-hmm. the weak, I became a, the weak. And I don't think he just did that it, mentally. I think it's like, no, I learned their customs. I got in on some of their mm-hmm. customs, too. I was there when they did the the lighting of the Christmas tree because that's what mattered to them in that town. And mm-hmm. I mat- and, and they matter to me, yeah. not just so that I can be the person who is there. And it's and he said, he says it. I actually wrote it down here and just thinking about it, but uh, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might have some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meaning that not everybody he got to know or cared about, he had some. Yeah. Right. It wasn't all. Yeah. And so there's friendships that don't turn into that. Absolutely. But there's a beauty in the love we have for one another. It's like, man, you can, we, the Lord's given us so many good gifts and that's in people and things and all this stuff and to, and to categorize them black and white and go, man, I, I just don't think Jesus was wouldn't want me to be friends with this person unless I'm mm-hmm. saying this. And it's like, that right, just right. doesn't really seem like well said. Christ. It, it yeah. feels a lot more manipulative. And mm-hmm. as people, and that's Christ, and that's we're talking about Jesus. Now yes. when we start talking about man and woman, just us here who have a short timeline, I think he has a lot more good for us when we start just looking at the people in front of us and going, Lord, like, who... Who do you want me to be? I, I love this term. I don't know who said it. I, I, I said it earlier, but who do you want me to be good news today yeah. to? Mm-hmm. And not the good news like I'm bringing the gospel, just good news that they belong. There's someone who's safe. Like, man, safe people are huge now. Yeah, I think yeah. Gen Z coming up, the safety's mm-hmm. a big deal. No and, doubt. And just who's safe to me? Who's a great listener and is not trying to do these this like tiptoe or they're a great listener? And then I go to their Facebook and they've blasted me for everything that I care about. You know, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. we really just have to be people who, and this is where I would say just coming full circle, the black and white mentality. I, I think we need to live in this gray where we have a 20,000 foot perspective mm-hmm. of eternity in our hearts and also be on the ground, like boots on the ground where we're going, okay, here's the people in front of me. Here's, here's this. I, Greg and I, we've talked about this a lot, the desire but beneath everything. Like, yeah. we, every man has desire in them. And if we just whittle down how people act in this world to their the most common desire, we actually found as believers, we probably have the same exact desires. Mm-hmm. We just have found the one who satisfies it mm-hmm. and ultimately will. Right. And, and those who aren't believers are looking for it and finding it momentarily in places, but it doesn't have the depth. So Mm -hmm. there's things that I remember having a conversation with a guy in a bar actually, and he was talking about politics a lot next to me with his uh, spouse and, Mm -hmm. and and Carol and I were there. And then our spouses went to the bathroom. And so we just started talking. I was like, Hey man, this is like, we were talking and, and he just kept on coming back to some political stuff. And I remember being like, man, it seems like you're really passionate about that. Like, tell Mm -hmm. me, tell me more about that because I, I don't have as much knowledge in that and, and yeah. tell this. And, and then I just remember feeling like I, I didn't know this guy a lot. And this doesn't, this goes away from the, 
going deep into relationship, mm-hmm. but it just felt right at the time with this guy and asking it like, man, I'm just curious, like, how, did, why did he think this matters so much? Like mm-hmm. to you, like, I'm just curious what's like, what you feel underneath. And he's like, man, I just want people to be like, I just hate that things are this way. It's like, why do you hate that? Yep. And it's like, well, I just feel like we should have peace. And I'm like, why do you want peace so badly? It's like, I just don't think it's the way it's meant to be. We shouldn't be fighting with one another. And I was like, well, why do you think that? Like, I, and, and, you know, it took a longer form. And then it's like, I just want to not be worried all the time yeah. and mm-hmm. anxious and feel like I know who I am. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, and I go, me too. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. was like this aha moment in a second for him where he was like, can I get your number? And like wanted to talk more because I was just like, that's the aha moment that we all have is when we see Christ, we go, oh, yeah, he's the one that mm-hmm. that where that deepest desire this guy had behind all the things he had to say culminated in. I know the eternal one who can give that. Mm-hmm. And we can and we're just prone to look elsewhere if we but don't know him. Even that conversation you described, Kevin, what stands out to me about it. Not that the guy is consciously processing this, but I bet at some level, subconsciously, he he is. Just you asking a person that, what do you want? Like, that is showing interest in Mm -hmm. that person generally. Like, hey, you got a lot of passion on this or this policy Mm -hmm. or this subject. Like, what? tell me what's behind that. That, Kevin, is so good. I I just, I'm going to talk about Kevin for a second because I've seen him talk to kids. I've seen him talk to my own. Um, Dude, you know, that stands out. Mm-hmm. A guy that shows interest in you. Yeah. Which makes me so sad because I think it does reveal, particularly, Kevin, would you say, you say this with students, the social media stuff, which I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to be an old head, as Isaac would say, in rail. <laughs> These kids today and their, their social media, snap twit face and all that stuff. But, like, um, there's such an obvious to me desperate plea to be noticed mm. to to matter mm-hmm. to to be seen and it just i love kevin your i i can tell the way you talk is you draw them out and whether they're consciously processing it or not the reason my son would call kevin a w man's <laughs> You're, you're, you're either a W man's or an L man's. <laughs> so I ask him sometimes, what do you think, W man's? Which I think W is winner. Yeah. Win loss. Win loss. So uh, I really think it's because you notice, Kevin, and you're showing interest. Mm. And it's just in them as a person, not their positions, not what they hold. Mm. Or if you get to there, it's really even deeper. It's about why does that matter to you? Tell me, I, I want to learn more. I want to know you. I want to know why that just resonates with you. So I found that this year I taught um, a public speaking course at my alma mater at, at Towson, and it was great. And man, just to see these 18, 19, 20 year old students, you know, I, I, I kind of kept it in my mind. Ask them mm-hmm. why this matters, you know, because that most people, oh, I'd love to tell you why it matters to me, because mm-hmm. you're really getting to. And it takes you out of the, even of the position I didn't quote unquote agree with. And there were several mm-hmm. that I thought, man, it's not how I see it. I didn't right. bother telling them how I feel. They didn't care, but they were very interested in telling me how they felt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I think they want to be noticed. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just want to be clear, that type of heart desire, wanting to be seen, wanting to feel safe and all this stuff, that does not end when you're out of high school. Yeah. I think there's this sometimes assumption that you get to college 
and you might become more mature, but as a man who's <laughs> in therapy now, like, you know, you can be 50 on the outside and 12 on the inside. Yeah. And there's a reality that we are constantly tempted to find our identity elsewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if we who know Christ are, of course those who don't are. And so I think that's just as prominent for an adult. Yeah. And I think like when we think about our neighbors in our neighborhood, it's I mean, you can even boil it down to man. I hope my neighbors say, I don't even know if I really like them, but I know that they love me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I really connect with them or care, but they're they just seem to always treat people. They don't say anything like, well, they don't shoot me some off color stuff and yeah. kind of a little strange at times. It's like, no, they seem to look me in the eye when I see them. They yeah. seem to kind of talk well about the people around them. Yeah. You know, so that's and good. It's interesting because, you know, all this was reminding me of the Augustine quote, you know, our hearts are restless until they mm-hmm. find their yeah. rest in you. Um, and really that's what we're, we're talking about. You know, how are people going to ultimately find their, their rest in God, unless we're there to point them in that direction. Yeah. Um, and Greg, you and I are going to be talking um, in the next couple of weeks about, you know, these little teaser for our listeners out there, these two quotes that we're going good to have. Good quote, bad quote? Good quote, bad quote. Uh, I think we're going to start bad quote, then good quote. Um, but oh, wait, I thought we were starting bad guess, good guess, because we, we got Kevin. For, oh, <laughs> I'm first. sorry. Okay, that, cool. Those were our internal notes. No, I yes. thought Matt. I sorry, thought we already was, had Matt on. Oh, he was, yeah, Matt uh, was on. You're right. Yeah, Kevin, I have the bad guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That checks out. <laughs> um, but but this idea of even even if the, like that is our goal in our mindset is to draw people to point people toward toward Christ. How can we do that if if we have an agenda, even if that agenda is pointing people towards Christ, mm-hmm. but that is our end goal of this and this alone, then of course, if somebody rejects him, we're, we're going to just turn our back. But the reality is, wait a minute, what if, what if you're meant to be in this person's life yeah. till their deathbed? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's on their deathbed that there's a realization and that there's a change. Mm-hmm. And again, do we do we as believers hang our hats on the deathbed confession? Absolutely not, you know. And I'm sure at some point, Greg, we will talk about and explore that. But the reality is, the deathbed confession is a real thing. Yep. We talked about the thief on the cross. Yep. And so, what if I'm meant to be in this person's life to that point, and and God is going to use me in that situation through our lifetime experience? Yeah that this is this is the confession yeah. you know and vice um, versa yeah. he'll use them in ways that we don't understand mm-hmm. to do things for us even if they don't know him absolutely as, yeah. as he can absolutely yep. yeah um i can you know i can tell you that when i was younger i had a relationship with someone who um to my knowledge this person was not a believer he was uh very wealthy um and he would every year sponsor mission trips that i took in high school because of the love he had wow. for my father. And when my father passed away, he wanted to demonstrate that love. Yeah. And whether this person knew it, realized it, or understood it, he had an impact for the gospel. Yeah. Because um, that's incredible. You know, I was able to go overseas and, and speak with people and, and see people um, commit themselves to Christ. And, and that's the thing is like, this wasn't, this wasn't done out of a, 
well, you know, as soon as he comes to Christ, everything will be good and grand. This was, no, my father had developed a relationship with this person, and this person, out of love for my father, wanted to help in some way and knew that missions was important to my father and Dude, wanted to continue that. Weren't you only, you were 14 when 14, you 14, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking oh, wow. of your age and yeah. having a kid that age right now. Wow. Yeah. So that's, and can I say, like, let's just say, based on what you know, the guy didn't share your faith. No. But knew what mattered to you. Yes. It's kind of what we're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. Knew what mattered to you. Yeah. Prioritized you over. Well, we don't. I don't hold the faith that he does or his faith right. does. Um. And why wouldn't we do the same? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, an unbeliever, to my knowledge, yeah. understanding that's, the importance of relationship and love. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Love. Uh, why would we not, like you said, Greg, why would we not do the same yeah. as believers? And I'd love to just share even personal, like this is this is where I've seen it play out in my life. Just, you know, sometimes you listen to this, and you're like, this is a, this can be a grand idea, mm-hmm. but I don't really know how this played out. I have thankfully, I, I'm commissioned and able to do weddings, and I've married two couples now. Um, Carol's not happy about that. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, <laughs> no, no I've married. I, I've, yes. I've officiated two weddings. There you go. The you got to say officiated. The, yeah. the first one was in 2022 or 2020, and it was my cousin. Same age as me. He lives in San Diego. My closest friend. I have 20-some cousins on my dad's mm-hmm. side, and he's just so close to me. And he and his girlfriend, they've been together for 10 years, living together out there, and just like really Carol and I always made a point to like hang out with them and because he's just a good friend, mm-hmm. and I love him. And when they asked me to do the wedding, I asked them just because I was, I, we don't see each other a lot. They're out in California. And I, I just asked, I was like, why do you guys want me to do this? Yeah. And, and it wasn't because we really need someone to do it and we know you can. His answer, which was awesome, was just because every time you see us, you tell us how much you love us. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it was just this thing that I thought was nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and I remember someone in my life always like being like, hey, love you, dude, every time he like, left. Because I could tell by his actions mm-hmm. and checking in. And when they asked me to do it, not believers, mm-hmm. I was like, heck yeah, of mm-hmm. course I will do it. And I do know that there was, awesome. there's a camp, I think, for some that would go, not believers, I'm not doing that. It's not in the Lord's eyes. Like This isn't how marriage is meant to be. And I go, listen, they're going to get someone to marry them. At, at, like somebody's going yep. to. Mm-hmm. So here's my things. I'm going to share the gospel at your wedding, and we're going to go through a book together leading up to it mm-hmm. and talk on Zoom once a week. If you do that with me, I will absolutely do your way. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to. Yeah. And the cool thing is we had months of conversations about Christ, and we went through The Meaning of Mel- Marriage by Tim Keller mm-hmm. and just was doing this about the way it was meant to be and what it reflects in the gospel. And I get to share that with them at their wedding and and – the coolest thing is, two years later, I have my other cousins ask me to do it. They're like, mm-hmm. "We don't. We wanted something like that. We wanted wow, to be yeah. somewhat religious, but we don't know." And I'm like, "Okay, I don't really even barely know these mm-hmm. guys, but they knew me from growing up." And same thing. It was like we got to talk about these things, and I just remember at the end of the ceremony, sharing the gospel in as best terms I could for people who don't know Christ, mm. and going, having a guy walk up to me as I was walking to my car because it was so hot I just needed to get outside mm-hmm. for when the dancing mm-hmm. was going on. And he walked up to me with a beer in hand and, you know, maybe a little bit loose. And he and he just said, he was like, man, weddings are usually so boring, but I listened to everything you said. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, and that conversation ended there. And that goes back to that idea of like, I wonder, maybe he becomes a believer and in heaven one day. It's like, will someone stand up? Like, will everybody stand up who 
maybe Kevin's life had an impact on or mm. Greg. And that dude stands up and it's like, that was the first time I started thinking about God a little bit. Or maybe I that was a little addition to it. And mm. I think we just have to have that perspective of like, it's not the end all be all right here. If we get someone to convert, it's like we're a piece in this grand scheme that the Lord's let us be a part of to, to win mm. people to his love. Yeah. And, it, and I didn't think saying... I love you to my cousin every time I saw him meant anything. That's but, incredible. But I gotten to share the gospel with a couple hundred people at those weddings, and that's really cool. And I didn't know that would happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. uh, on that, Kevin, we're actually gonna uh, yeah. wrap up here. We are we are running out of time, and so um, those are great final words. And so this was fun. Dude, yeah, this, this was, was awesome, great. Guys. What, one quick thing about Kevin Young Life. Uh, that I've come to appreciate. I missed the Young Life chapter. I came to faith at 16. Mm-hmm. And I, I vaguely remember people talking about it in high school mm-hmm. when I was kind of moving on that I learned about it kind of in reverse. But it it so resonates, Kevin, with like our podcast, yeah. and what we talk about, how yep. we want to just approach people in the world about our faith, our church. I love it. It's not just like a young person's philosophy on how to... To me, it's just... It captures so much of the way of Jesus, the way of engaging people and prioritizing people over issues. Yeah. I just think it's important to clarify. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. It's been fun to be on. Thank you, man. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and sign off now. Guys, we just rocked the Casbah. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.